if you don't get listings, you're not gonna last. Today, we're gonna talk about seven different marketing campaigns designed to attract sellers' listings. Why? Because you know that you have to list to last. We also know the marketplace has and will continue shifting. We know there are projected fewer number of sales in 2023 than in years prior. And we also know there are more agents to go around vying for that available business than ever before, which means you're gonna have to work smarter. You're gonna have to work more deliberately. I was listening to Tom Ferry talk about this uh, just yesterday, in fact. He talked about the fact that there are 168 hours every week, which we all know, or we knew that vaguely, I suppose, and that a certain allocation, you're sleeping, you're with family, you're out with clients, you're doing your life, so to speak, and when you really get down to it, there's not that much time available to you to actually market and scale and grow your business. Tom has often called it working on your business, not just in your business. And so I beg the question, with the time you have dedicated to actually building your business, growing what you want, are you doing so with intention? Today's video is designed to help you work with intention to generate listings, thinking about the outcome you want. And I presume the outcome, if you're watching this video still, is you want more listings. If that's you, I'd love to hear your goal. How many listings do you want in the comments? And what is the strategy to reverse engineer your way back to that goal in terms of how you intend on attracting those listings? I hope to add a few more to your marketing mix today as we talk about seven different listing attraction marketing strategies. Welcome to This Week in Marketing. My name is Jason Pantana. I'm your host. If you're new to the channel and this content, welcome. This is called This Week in Marketing. We have other shows that talk about other things in terms of scaling and building your real estate business. Just tap the big red subscribe button and then hit the little bell right next to it to turn on notifications. So whenever Tom or myself or others publish content designed to help you grow and scale and operationalize your business, you get a little notification to say, I should invest in my career today by learning what it takes to be more successful. So without further ado, let's dive into the content and talk about seven different marketing strategies, tactics, campaigns, all those words will work for us today to generate more listings. So before I get into the first one, here's sort of the lay of the land, the order of operations today. We're gonna to talk about annual equity reviews with your database because they're your best source of listings. And I'd be remiss if I didn't go there. We're gonna talk about home valuation ads because they're just tearing it up right now. We're gonna talk about content calls to action. How do you actually mine the opportunities out of your content? We'll talk about neighbor only opens and then niche Facebook campaigns. We'll talk about epic listing launches. And then finally, we're gonna capstone it with geographic farming. This video today is designed to be a flyover of a multifaceted approach to generating listings. Pick and choose. You may not do all these strategies, but pick the ones that need to be added to your marketing mix so you can list to last. First one out of the gate is the annual equity review. This is all about your database. I would be remiss if I did not encourage you to start with your database. Past clients, sphere of influence contacts, the people who know you, like you, trust you because real estate is a relationship business. In fact, if you look at the annual reports that the National Association of Realtors publishes every year that talk about how buyers and how sellers identify and select their agent, talks about a lot of other stuff too, but that's covered in it. Invariably, every single year, the number one way that buyers and sellers both actually identify an agent for hire is repeat referral. It's especially the case when it comes to sellers. Sellers over 60% of the time found their agent, according to this report, year over year over year, found their agent by way of repeat or referral business. Now, a lot of agents, I think, don't always work their database because they're like, I don't want to seem pushy. I don't want to be like, you know, hey, you want to sell? You want to sell? Because they didn't raise their hand and volunteer that information that they're thinking about selling. So wouldn't it be better, they say, to go generate leads who are raising their hand and actually potentially signifying some intent to want to sell their house? And the answer is leads are great, but 
the stats tell a different story because I can give you a thousand leads of sellers and I can predict that if you don't already know them, if they don't like you, trust you, if there's not already a relationship with those leads, then over 60% of them are gonna work with some other agent they already know, like, and trust despite being your lead. My point to you is not to say leads are bad. I'm gonna get into leads in a second. My point to you is to say, we gotta start at home. We gotta start with your database. This is a relationship business. And one of the easiest ways to execute on this idea is an annual equity review. It is what it sounds like. Once a year, you conduct a one-on-one one equity review with every person in your database. Now, every person, your head may be exploding just depending upon the size of your database. I'll leave it up to you and your coach to figure out how to actually implement this just depending upon the size of your database. All I'm saying is, this is a know you like you trust your business. There's over 60% of listings, 63 last year percent of listings found their agent by way of repeat referral. So to me, it makes the most sense in the world to prioritize this strategy, whatever it takes. Now, the best trigger, so to speak, in terms of when should you do this is what I would call their home anniversary. Oh, congratulations, it's been six years in the property. It's time to schedule your annual equity review. It could be on Zoom, it could be face-to-face, -face. that's your prerogative. I like face-to-face -face if it can be accomplished, but I get it. It may be difficult to do, but this should be a personal touch whereby you go over the numbers. Here's what's happened in the marketplace. Here's how that impacts the value of your home. This is not a pushy, pushy, you should sell your house conversation. This is a, let me give you the information and perhaps that information compels them to say, we should sell our house. But without the information, there's no way of that seller being able to make that choice, make that decision. This is not a pushy conversation. This is a, I'm gonna give you the information because that's my value proposition. They'll be informed because of you, they're your clients. Whether they're selling or not, they're your clients. They'll be informed because of you, which means you're in a prime spot to be the one to win that business, to earn that listing. I plead with you, I beg you, for the sake of your business, don't neglect your database and try out the annual equity review. Yes, there's a lot more you could do in terms of working your database, but this is one campaign that is designed to get listings. I encourage you, I implore you, put it into motion. Listing attraction strategy tactic number two is an oldie but a goodie. This is kind of like how history repeats itself. Sort of like how, I don't know, Everybody appears to be wearing 90s clothes again, like it's the first time we thought of this. Am I the only one who's noticing this? Anyways, I digress. If you've been in real estate for call it five, six, seven years or longer, I'll bet you remember the trend that was oh so popular of basically your own Zestimate. The Zestimate came out where you could type in your address as a homeowner and Zillow would give you like, bam, your home is worth approximately this. And from that inspired many tools that were basically the same thing. Agents were given landing pages with just a bar where somebody could type in their own address and it was connected to the MLS or tax records or other different data sources. And that home valuation landing page was programmed to create basically an estimate of value predicated on sales around the area and other factors. Now, sometimes they were relatively accurate. Sometimes they were wildly inaccurate. It would depend on a lot of variables, but we had the tools. And so what happened is Everybody, everybody was running ads on Google, on Facebook and other platforms to try to pick up on traffic or anybody who was curious about what their home is worth. And they would click the ad campaign, which would direct them to the landing page of that respective agent. And then the person would be like, oh, I wonder what it's worth, this is so easy. And they type in their address and then they'd press submit, put an email address in there and cha-ching, you got yourself a lead, a hand raiser seller lead. 
And these were really popular in the beginning and they were effective in the beginning. And then they started to get worn out. It was like getting old and the style started changing and all of a sudden these things kind of flatlined and they've been producing leads, but really low intent leads for quite a while now. That is until lately. As the marketplace has shifted, and all of a sudden we had all this appreciation, appreciation, appreciation and homeowners, like they just couldn't not make money in terms of owning a house. But then the news starts changing the narrative and it starts talking about doom and gloom and fear mongering and the market's gonna fall apart and ah, and all this stuff and this drama, which then made a lot of homeowners scratch their head and say, have we lost, have we lost value? Has our equity gone down? I'm curious, I, I wonder what's happening. Is the sky falling? And what do they do? They go to Google and they start typing in what's my home worth and they look for these estimators, these calculators, these valuators to determine what their home is worth. And so what's happening right now inside of our ecosystem of coaching clients is a lot of our teams and agents we coach have renewed vigor in these landing pages. Same tools, nothing's changed, but they're running ads on Google, on Bing, on DuckDuckGo, on Facebook, on ad platforms that pick up on traffic of people who have intent or curiosity around what their home is worth. And so it's simple, run Google search campaigns, somebody types in what's my home worth, you have the keywords that are supporting that kind of intent, that idea. So what's my home worth, home value calculator, yada, 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 all that kind of stuff. And it drives traffic to the landing page and ching, you get leads. What's super special right now is we're seeing a lot of leads come in for a low cost per lead. And we're also seeing a high rate of conversion whereby those agents and teams generating these leads are very effective at being able to get appointments and actually take listings because of them. This is an oldie, but it's a goodie. It's got renewed vigor right now, home valuation ads. Now, a couple of things to just kind of send you on your way. If your website doesn't already provide a home valuation tool, there are lots of tools out there, maybe Cloud CMA, maybe Home Value Leads, maybe Prime Seller Leads. There are lots of tools out there. And if you don't know how to run ads on Google or Bing or DuckDuckGo, you're gonna wanna hire a PPC manager, a pay-per-click manager to help you do that. Or it could be that your website actually has the ability and capacity like a Ylopo, for instance, to do that on your behalf. This may be something where you need to bring in some specialist support, but if you wanna get more listing leads, now is the time. I, I actually don't think this is gonna work that long. So depending upon when you're watching this video, and depending upon what the marketplace is doing, that curiosity may have fizzled out. There is a strategic opportunity, I would argue, now to get after these. Now, let me step back and give you sort of a B side of this record, if I could. I'm talking a lot about PPC campaigns, pay-per-click, so Facebook, Google, all that kind of stuff. It could also be deployed through postcards. If you're sending out postcards to maybe your geo farm or maybe it's just a cold audience, just an area around town, you're blasting it, you could leverage postcards with QR codes. They make the same basic offer as your ad campaigns, curious what your home is worth or something to that effect. The homeowner scans the QR code and it links to the same landing page. You're not limited only to PPC ad campaigns with this kind of a strategy. You can drive traffic from a postcard using a QR code to your landing pages. Again, what really matters in my mind, is the curiosity because of the conversation happening in the news all around the country, the world, so to speak, in terms of home values. We've seen this market just skyrocket and soar in terms of appreciated value. And now there's a lot of people wondering what's happening, what's going to happen. That curiosity is what's sparking the renewed vigor of these ad campaigns. Whether they're online or offline, home valuation offers are working right now.
Next up, let's talk about your content calls to action. Content means videos, blogs, emails, all the stuff you're producing from a media standpoint, because I presume that you are. If you watch this show, then you know how I feel about content. I've said it before that marketing without content, videos, blogs, emails, just your stuff, marketing without content is like a bow without arrows. It doesn't have anything to fire off. It's useless. It's empty. It's null. It's void. So I'm a major believer in content, but I also believe your content needs to be structured in a way whereby it actually invites people into doing business with you. A, it should talk about the stuff relevant to your business, but B, you should be able to put out calls to action in a regular basis in routine places that invite customers into doing business with you, not in a pushy salesy kind of way, not that I'm opposed to that per se, but in a way that says, hey, by the way, if you want more of this, click here or go here or do this, or here's what's available to you if you're looking to buy, sell, invest, or refer. I've dropped a link into the description of this video that will go to a resource of the things I'm about to get into in terms of some overlooked places where you can include your calls to action. Now, again, what are your calls to action? Buy, sell, invest, refer, people doing business with you, schedule a consultation, join the team. What is it you want folks to do based upon the content you're putting out there? My point is you should be making content with an outcome in mind. You make content for people like this to get them to do what? And the what, those are your calls to action. And they should be included in various destinations because you want to make sure you're capitalizing on getting as much business as possible from all of your content. Otherwise, why are you doing it? Now, the first one to think about is your email signature. This one is just low hanging fruit, a big opportunity. The average American professional, for instance, sends over 40 one-on-one -on -one emails every single day. I would argue for most of you watching, that's probably a low number. I'm guessing you maybe send even more than that. I would encourage you to think about, well, who do I send emails to on a regular basis? Clients, other agents, who is it? And which calls to action would therefore best align with getting the outcomes I want from those people because your one-on-one -on -one emails have nearly a 100% rate of open and the read rate is ridiculous, which means that the calls to action that are tucked inside of there in the postscript or in links in the actual signature have a really strong likelihood of A, getting seen and B, getting clicked or the action taken. Your email signature matters. Next up is your Google business page products. Your Google business profile has a section called products whereby most agents put like their listings there and you can click learn more if you see the listing and go learn more on the website. That's great. What about your calls to action? What about like PDF downloads, buyer guide, seller guide, join the team, careers? What about invitations to schedule a consultation? Your calls to action should be inside of your Google business page products, either instead of or in addition to your listing. Listings come and go in that you have new listings, you sell them, you have to take them off the Google business profile product section. But your calls to action can stay there all the time, lying in wait, for a high intent prospect who says, that's what I want, click, and then they take action. You should include your calls to action, links to whatever destination landing pages or contact forms, or the things you want people to take action on, they should be included all the time in your Google business page products. Same as with your Google business page products is your link in bio. Now, first, what is a link in bio? Well, it's the link in the bio of social sites like Instagram or TikTok, where it only gives you one link to all your other platforms. And so this becomes like link routing, link dispatch, using a tool like Linktree or links.co, you have the ability to create multiple links on your own little private landing page that drives traffic to whatever destination they wanna take next. So my advice is include your calls to action in your link in bio. Warning though, don't include too many because if you have too many calls to action, it's like information inertia. 
and nobody's gonna take action on anything. My point is right now, you should leverage these key destinations to always have an invitation out to customers to doing business with you. However, my advice for you to consider is getting really, really clear in terms of refining what are those offers? What really moves the needle in my business? Is it the join the team link? Is it the schedule a consultation link? What's gonna be the thing that's gonna move the needle? Another option is with every single YouTube video. Uh, inside your YouTube studio, studio.youtube.com, there is an option to customize your channel whereby you can include upload default text that goes in the description or caption section of every video you post going forward. So on my channel, for instance, and here in Tom's channel, Inside the description, at the bottom of the description, we typically add additional caption text in the top with every respective video, but there's that default text always in there that drives viewers' attention and traffic to our key calls to action. And the beauty of the upload default text is if you post a lot of videos, every video becomes a little evangelist for your calls to action. Here, 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 here. Every time you publish a new video, your calls to action are in that description every time. Go check out our description and look at our calls to action. In fact, when you look at the description, there is a link in there that drives to one of our calls to action for Marketing Pro, which is an online training platform where we talk about subjects like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. We talk about your Google business profile. We talk about your email marketing. So click the link and see what happens. Next up is pinned posts, which applies to platforms like Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whereby they let you pin a post to the top of your profile. That means if you publish new content, it will show up on your grid, on your profile, below the pinned post. What is the first impression that you wanna create with somebody who maybe for the first time navigated to your profile? Or maybe they're coming again and again, maybe they're borderline a stalker, I don't know. You want to be able to invite them into some kind of an action, not in a way that's overly salesy or pushy per se, but in a way that lays the expectations for, hey, here's who we are, here's what we do and how we can serve you. If you have content like that, published on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, any of those platforms, it deserves to be pinned because it's gonna be a constant reminder every time somebody comes to your profile of how you can serve their needs. Next up is Messenger Bots. Uh, these were popular several years ago. I'm gonna be really quick about this. There are tools like ManyChat, M-A-N-Y, ManyChat, that can be integrated into your Instagram DMs, whereby if somebody types in a keyword, it's called a trigger term. So I could say like seller or list or valuation, something like that. You can program it however you want. ManyChat gives you the ability to create a whole chat sequence that's automatic, and it can even like time it out. Like you can say, wait three seconds and then say this. And if they say this, then say that or that. And it allows you to basically structure out an automatic conversation inside your DMs. So I would encourage you not to get in the rabbit hole of this, but maybe look at tools like ManyChat integrated with your Instagram DMs. ManyChat also works with text messages as well and other things like that, but it's triggered by keywords. What a lot of folks do is they include those keywords in their bio, like, hey, message me blank if you wanna know more about this, which then sets off their chatbot experience powered typically by ManyChat. It's another way to drive customers into actually doing business with you, sellers in particular. And then last one here on the list of calls to action is what I call dog whistle calls to action, which I talked about on an earlier episode just a few weeks ago. The idea is pretty darn simple. As you're making videos on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you can't just sell, sell, sell. Hey, you want to list your house today? Not today. How about tomorrow's video? Maybe the next video, I'll do it then. You can't just be overly blunt in terms of people wanting to sell their house or take really bold actions. You have to be a little bit more nuanced in terms of how you make your offers. And so we call them dog whistle CTAs. Basically, it's an offer or a call to action that only the lead can hear. I, the name probably needs work. No, I'm not calling leads dogs, it's just that the dog whistle is a really good metaphor for something only the intended subject can hear. So it's things that are subtle, so to speak, whereby you might say like, hey, I was out showing a property to a first time buyer the other day and blank. 
And it just lets the seed kind of land in the ears of the person who might be a first time home buyer and goes, oh, I didn't realize they work with first time home buyers. I don't wanna go super deep on this today, but my encouragement is think about what are the talking points, those subtle offers. Hey, I was out at a listing appointment the other day. How can you seed what you do in terms of making subtle calls to action, dog whistle calls to action that only people who are in market for the offer actually hear? Next on the list is neighbor only opens. Now I'm a major proponent, a huge fan of open houses. Open houses give you something to promote to your database and your marketing. It's an experience whereby buyers and sellers alike literally walk inside the thing that's for sale and you get to have conversations with them about what their next steps are and where they're at in that journey and all kinds of good stuff. And then finally, it's an opportunity to generate leads that you can follow up with over time because as time goes on, the intent of a lead typically matures and you can be the one to position yourself as their agent of choice. I like open houses. The idea here is specifically neighbor only open houses. What does that mean? It's really simple. It means you invite all the neighbors to a time slot that's only for them, a preview, so to speak, of the open house of the property for sale before the open house itself. You'll need to get the consent of the seller, of course. Getting the neighbors to come is as simple as door knocking, sending out letters, sending out postcards. You go knock, 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 you have a conversation with the seller and you say, hey, listen, we're hosting an open house this Sunday from two to four to get your neighbor's property sold for the highest and best terms possible. We're gonna put a lot of effort into that and we expect it to be really, really busy, which is why we're offering a neighbor only preview from one to two, just for you all to come and see what the neighbors have done with the property and what it looks like, just so you can be aware of what's happening with home values and sales in your neighborhood because they directly impact your home in the event you ever decide to sell. So I'd love to have you come. It's gonna be from one to two. We're gonna serve some light hors d'oeuvres or whatever it might be. You make your offer and you invite the neighbors. Even if they don't show up, you can still hand them your business card and they're gonna see how busy the open house is and is positioning you as the agent who hustles to get things done in that marketplace. Neighbor only opens are a great way to meet neighbors who are gonna be like, wow, you seem like the really qualified, competent listing agent to list my property for sale. How about it? In fact, when I was a brand new agent, guess where I got my first sale from? A neighbor at an open house who listed their property with me. It works, I'm living proof. Next on the list is niche Facebook ad campaigns. Now I'm not gonna get into all the details in terms of step-by-step -step of how to run a Facebook ad campaign. However, inside of our ecosystem, we're having a lot of clients who are getting a lot of success running Facebook ads whereby they make an offer like, hey, download this how to buy and sell at the same time PDF. Or it could be, for instance, hey, you wanna download a list of single level homes or download a PDF that's a guide to new construction. Now, if you zoom back and look at the mechanics of what's actually happening here, it's a Facebook ad campaign whereby you're targeting folks in your local marketplace with an offer that would be enticing to presumably somebody who has a property to sell before they can get whatever you're offering, which was, for example, how to buy and sell at the same time. Time, or a guide to new construction, which would imply that maybe they have a home to sell and they wanna build a home that's custom. Or it could be, this one's been working really well, a list of single level homes for sale. From a Facebook functionality standpoint, you could run an ad that drives traffic to a landing page and that's where the handoff goes down, where they get the PDF. So it's a link click, they go to your website, they fill in their information and then boom, your website gives them or has the way of giving them the PDF or you can make it really easy. Facebook offers what are called lead form ads whereby somebody could actually fill out a form inside of Facebook or Instagram because it's owned by Facebook or Meta. And by doing that, Facebook or Instagram would actually provide them the PDF download in receipt of them giving you their contact information. My point to you is it's another way to get some seller leads. Number six is epic listing launches. What am I getting into? Well, when you do get a listing, 
blow the roof off the place, not literally, but in terms of how you promote and market the property, I want you to make sure every neighbor, every homeowner in the area surrounding is like, clap it up for that listing agent because they really went to bat in terms of getting the highest and best value for that property, which then bolsters up my value, the neighbor says. It's gonna make my home worth more because of how hard they worked. And you know what? If and when the time comes to sell for myself or if I have an opportunity to make a recommendation for a listing agent to perhaps a neighbor, I'm gonna think of that agent. They're gonna be top of mind. There's a lot of agents who are slacking off right now. They're not doing the videos or they're only doing like one video, not enough videos. They're not marketing the living daylights out of every property. And now more than ever, that matters. We're all like complaining, oh, the days on market's going up. Good. I'm being, I'm being a little bit contrarian, but good. That means you have more time to showcase what your skill set is to every single neighbor and every single homeowner surrounding those listings. Now, if you missed two episodes back, I did a deep dive, like a training course on starting and leveraging a geographic farm. So go watch that. We talked about mailers, handwritten notes, letters, signage, volunteerism and involvement. We talked about sponsorships, door knocks and door drops, calls and voicemails, cold calling, circle prospecting, all of that, sponsored posts on social media and targeted ad campaigns on Google, YouTube and other platforms like that. We went into the nitty gritty details of farming in terms of the actual marketing mix of geographic farming. My point right now to you is, farming's a really great way to get listings. If you are consistent over time in terms of marketing to the same area and building up your brand and creating credibility and consideration for you as a listing agent, guess what? You're gonna get listings. One of the underlying psychological reasons why marketing works the way it works is called the mere exposure effect. And what the mere exposure effect basically says in the context of marketing is that, People do business or they hire businesses with which they're the most familiar. Now, the word familiar can easily be confused for the word trust, but they're not quite the same thing, but it's really about familiarity. And here's the way it works. If you send out postcards, just for instance, to a farm, you're a nobody. But if you keep sending out postcards over and over and over again, and then they see a couple of your yard signs, over time, they start to be like, ah, I'm familiar with this business. I start to trust this business. Why? Because they've been here for a long time. And because they've been here for a long time, they must be credible and legitimate. That's sort of the basic equation going on in the minds of a consumer from a psychological standpoint. So my point to you is in farming, this has gotta be a long game. Over and over and over again, keep marketing to them, keep building credibility, keep creating consideration for your business, and then guess what? You're going to start to get listings. Now, it's not cheap, it doesn't take a little bit of effort, it takes a lot of effort, but if you wanna get listings, you gotta hustle. There you have it, seven different strategies, tactics, campaigns to generate more listings, and guess what? None of them are going to be easy because you know what? Real estate is not an easy business. If it were easy, the rate of failure would not be 87% in the first two years. But in fact, the rate of failure, sadly, is 87% in the first two years. Agents don't make it. Why? Because it's not easy. It takes a lot more effort. So my encouragement to you is roll up your sleeves and say, I'm gonna last, therefore I'm gonna list. Do the work that moves your business forward. Thank you so much for watching today's video. If you liked it, will you like it? And will you let us know in the comments below? Until next week, this is This Week in Marketing.